You know, they say if you can't say anything nice, don't say anything at all. If you can't say something nice, so I won't say nothing at all. <laughs> I ain't nothing nice. <laughs> what about your life is going to come up right now that we're not, you're not going to be comfortable with? Hey, there's so many things you're not privy to in my life. I, I don't know. know. I was kind of thinking of interesting things to talk to you about on a podcast, and it was like I was drawing a blank. I don't know how interesting of a human being you are. I said, whoa, welcome to the Best Friend Weekend Podcast. More specifically, Nothing Nice to Say interview series. It's your man, Aldo. Nice. And I am joined today by a special guest. I normally let my guests introduce themselves, and um, this felt like the right time for this conversation because... Uh, this um, astounding young lady has a lot of expertise in a particular field that a lot of people are kind of getting into at this point. So I'm going to let you introduce yourself however you want to introduce yourself. And that's what we're going to talk to you, call you throughout this episode, young lady. Well, first of all, I like that, um, that introduction of astounding. <laughs> so my name is Tanya and I'm actually um, Al's oldest sister. Okay. Well, there, well, there you go. I mean, I might have to. Uh, I might have did the edit say, thing. Should I say Alan at this point? <laughs> Is that what we're doing? No, no, no. We're, we're gonna we're gonna call me Aldo. So, um, like, I might just go ahead. We talked about editing afterwards. I might start editing out last names <laughs> and things and things of the sort. But I mean, it's fine. Um, well, I appreciate having you on the show. I do have this episode that I don't know if I talked to you about. Um, but I do have an episode in the works where I'm going to have your mother on here because she's been. Um, oh, wow. She's been telling yeah. me she wants to talk about my usage of the N word. So I want to um, I want to talk to her about that. And she says basically that's her two um, gripes that I the N word and that we say the F word on the podcast. So just think that that's well, a, that one is going to be one that I'm definitely going to have to tune into. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't know if I like that. I feel like it's going to be a uh, 45 minutes of chastising me about how I choose to live my life, but um if we Which can, is why I love to hear it. Okay, yeah, but that one's on the back burner. So, this is a a close second. So, uh we got a, we got a um a mother junior on here. So, I mean, one of the reasons that I definitely uh wanted to bring you in and we talked about this earlier is that you're one of the people who's been kind of doing the work from home thing for a while. So you were like one of the first people I knew who worked from home as a as a thing. And um, now with the current state of how everything is happening in the country, internationally, um, how things are just transpiring really quickly, it seems like a large portion of the population is um, working from home right now. So I'm going to ask you a little bit about the work from home thing. This is a part one. I think I'm going to have a recurring series of work from home things. And I'm going to, you know, obviously I'm not going to have my sister on here without asking you some questions about, you know, you and I and other things of the sort. But let's just start, let's hop right into the working from home thing. Can you tell me, like, just describe a little bit. You don't have to talk about which particular company, but um, who do you work for? I mean, like, what do you, what do you do? Like, what's your occupation? So my occupation is in predictive modeling and forecasting. And I actually work for a Florida, Florida property insurance company. And our business is primarily in Tallahassee and, and Jacksonville and all throughout Florida. Okay, so 
um, and you don't live in Tallahassee, Jacksonville, Florida, or anything like that. You live in um, D Town Boogie, um, Dallas. How do you, I don't know? I mean, I, I guess do. I guess this I live in the Dallas Fort Worth area. I do. Um, no, originally I did. I did work out of Tallahassee, out of the office for about a year. But I've been working from home here in Dallas for about 14 years now. I still can't believe it's been that long. But yeah, it's been 14 years. So um, how did you swing that? <laughs> how does one how does one swing such a um such a a, a a lifestyle change? And that is a question I get quite often. And you know, I think it was just by the grace of God and just me stepping out on faith. Um, so initially. I love the job. I was only there on that particular, at this particular company for about a year. I had just transferred from Dallas. And I'm sure you can imagine the big city life of Dallas and the Metroplex and everything going on here, moving to Tallahassee, Florida, which I mean, no, not to Tallahassee at all. Um, great place, great to raise a family for, you know, college life, all that good stuff. But it was no Dallas. And most of my friends were still here. My family wasn't nearby. But again, I love the job. It's just that my personal life was suffering while I was there. And I kind of stepped out on faith after a year, of course, after my contract was up. Um, and I said, you know, basically, I was ready to move on. But I did tell my supervisor at the time that I was okay with helping them transition until they found another person. So in the meantime, I kind of worked from Dallas. Mm -hmm. And honestly, that kind of turned into me working temporarily. They never looked for somebody else. They knew that I guess I was a, a great worker. And they were, <laughs> at the time, they were cool with me working from here. And they're just like, you know what? It's better to just... I mean, it's a lot of different people that I hear that have this kind of thing going on. And they'll have people working um, remotely. And it's just a, it's just a thing, right? Like one or two people just work remotely and it just, it just kind of becomes the situation. So do you like the idea um, of working from home in that way? Yeah, I actually do. And you're right about that. Like initially um, it was just me and maybe one other person in the company um, who had that arrangement. But now, like I think over the last five years, our company has actually started an initiative uh, and that a work at home um, initiative or alternative work arrangement is what they called it um where i think we have at least 20 20 or so employers now out of the 2500 out of the company um that do work from home so it's actually becoming more and more common i mean but you know and and yeah. this well i mean I, i'm thinking about this and i've been saying this and, and just kind of floating it to different people as i think that this is i think this is where it's going i mean i think that after Everything settles down from the coronavirus. When things get bad, then things get back right. I think that it's going to be a, a climate of more people understanding that a lot of jobs can happen with people working remotely. Do you think it's going to increase the number of people who work remotely at your particular job? I actually do. And it's it's really started to make a, a difference already. Like, of course, Florida, they have the... Um, what is it called? They, they do have the mandate now where everyone should be. It's only essential employers who are working. Um, I think so um, all of my employees now are working from home. I think I heard and that Andrew Gillum had something to do with that because um, he um, had the Corona in that hotel room with that man. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, most of them, 
They are. And we actually had a follow-up call today and everybody seems to be enjoying it. You know, I was going to give them a list of all of my tips and things that I thought, you know, worked well. Um, oh, shit. She the expert. Oh, shit. Anyway, you know, I was just going to give them a little tidbit of my life and what I've been, you know, some of the challenges I went through. But honestly, a lot of them, as they went around and kind of shared what they they experienced so far within just this one week, um, they kind of hit it on the head. You know, they knew exactly what their downfalls were and what, what they had to change to make themselves more productive from home. But um, for the most part, everybody is is enjoying it. Now, of course, it depends on your personality um, and your level of social interaction. But for the most part, everybody seems to be enjoying it. Well, I gotta, well I'm gonna, I definitely want to get into those particulars because I think that's a big part of, you know, some of our listeners, this is probably going to be their first taste of actually trying to conduct their day-to-day business operations from home and they're understanding that it's a, it's a shift. It's different than what you normally do. So I do want some of those same tips because I think that you can help a lot of people um, kind of settle into this new normalcy that they're going to be have to go through for the next few weeks or so. Um, but before I ask you that, I want to ask you this. You said something about it depends on what type of person you are. Do you, how do you think that you get your energy? Like, um, I, my, my supervisor, actually the boss asked me today, she was like, are you, a, um, she said, you're such an extrovert. How are you doing in the house with, um, with all of this social distancing? And I had to reply to her. I'm like, you know, I'm not an extrovert. That's the part that people don't get. I was like, I don't get my energy from talking to people and being in these streets. I get my energy from being home and being quiet. Like it, it requires energy for me to be like personable yeah like it that that is not that doesn't make me happy like to be personable i'm personable because i i know that's part of i have that skill but it's not who i am how do you see yourself do you see yourself more as like that and i i find that strange that you say that because i really didn't picture you as that person Mm -hmm. but i'm probably more like that than you are i'm definitely more of an introvert and i do get most of my energy from just you know, sitting back, relaxing, and like what zaps my energy is a crowd and, mm-hmm. and too much going on mm-hmm. <laughs> and too many things to do. So, um, yeah, I guess it just depends on the person yeah. as to whether the work at home thing is good, would work for you. So that's interesting that you say we're similar in that regard. Um, like a lot of the guys who do the best friend weekend thing with me, they always talk like this past best friend weekend, they came over and they was like, well, I know what you're about to do. You're about to be in that room sleeping and we're not going to bother you for the next, like, whatever time because I know you. we want to go out later. So if we bother you right now, we know you're not going to want to do that. Like, so, I mean, that's really, I'm like, leave me alone until it's time to do stuff. And then <laughs> when it's time to do stuff, I'm, I'm all with it. But, I mean, it is what it is. So, I mean, obviously you're saying it works probably a little bit better for an introverted person. And, I mean, I got my, um, my master's degree um, primarily online. For that same thing, I was able to allocate time and say, look, every Saturday when I got off of work, it was, well, when I didn't have to work, Saturday and Sunday was the time when I would sit down, take out my computer, work on whatever bibliographies I got to do, whatever papers I got to write, whatever readings I need to do. I would do that on the um, on the weekends. like, And I was really, um, like, I really had structure to how I did graduate school. So I always tell people I'm pretty good at working from home because I was able to go through grad school in that way. Um, how, what are yeah, some, that makes sense. I mean, so what are some tips that you have? I'm going to start with some, some basic questions like in your house, where do you work when you work? 
Well, that's one thing for sure. I have to designate a certain area. Like I actually have an office. When I first started working, I'll be honest. Yeah, I fell into the trap of, oh, okay, it's fine just to pull my laptop over and maybe work from my bed. <laughs> Believe it or not, mm-hmm. I did that, but that lasted all of a week. And I realized that that was not productive. So yeah, I actually set up, I have an office where I physically go into every day. Okay. So I that's... make sure that there's enough light. Like there are several places in my, my house that I could have set up the office, but I selected a place just because I like a light, bright area um, and something cheerful surroundings. You know, I chose that particular area. TV or no TV? In area. I am a TV freak, so yes, I do have the TV on in the back as white noise. Uh, and why is that not called black noise? Is that racial? Oh, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> and now a word from the black coffee company. No, no. Um, I, I was just asking about that just to kind of see. So, okay, so you get up, physically go to that location. So let me ask you this. Do you get dressed to go to work? I do. That is a second tip. I would suggest everyone to get out. I'm not saying you have to dress to a T and you know, have on some type of, you know, business outfit. But yes, I do have to get out of my pajamas. I do have to brush my teeth, you know, get cleaned up, get fresh and everything and feel like I'm actually, you know, getting out and not just staying in my night, I guess, nighttime zone. Yeah, I mean, I do get up and get dressed, uh, comb my hair. Now, again, I may not do everything that I would do as I... I were getting out, but I at least still look presentable for myself. Because at times I do have meetings. I do have, and I'm sure we'll get to that at, at some point. Yeah. I mean, that's why I was going I, have- I was going there um, right now. I mean, as a person who um, believes in sleeping in, in, in the birthday suit, I mean, I feel like getting dressed is a part. I mean, that was easy for me. But I mean... Well, see, I wasn't trying to give all that But for those of y'all in pajamas, then I mean, I guess y'all... I mean, it's probably a little bit more difficult for y'all because y'all can slouch around in pajamas all day. I'm not about to sit down in my office naked at the computer. I feel like that would be a little weird. Just a little bit. Um... So, no, this is like I, I definitely wanted to get into the next part. And you was going to talk about um, being presentable for yourself or whatever. And this is the whatever part that I'm that I'm interested in discussing. Um, I'm, I'm going to talk a little bit about this later in the week when we do our regular weekly podcast. We're going to do some work from home stuff, too, on there. But um, just that idea of meetings and, and communication with the other people in the office how does that normally take place? What um what what things do y'all do? Are y'all Slack? Do you do Google Hangouts? Do you do Zoom? Do you do Office whatever um tools? How do y'all um communicate in that way as an office? Yeah. It's mainly Office tools. Well, Microsoft, we use Blue Jeans and we use when we're you know, we have a large group, we usually use Blue Jeans. And um when it's just one or two or if it's just one on one, I'll do Skype. Mm. So, I mean, that's telling me a little bit about as and we do have I am I am that will go back and forth with you. The reason I say that it feels like it feels like it's a little bit more like it, it, it sounds like you've been doing this a while because you went to Slack. I mean, I'm sorry, not Skype, because Skype seems like if in anybody's mind, it was like the first one. Right. Skype was the first thing that people did, like in regards to video talking to somebody else. Everybody had a Skype account and then it became you know, FaceTime, 
I think that right. Zoom is from what I'm hearing everybody saying. Zoom is kind of the way that every, the wave that everybody's using right now. I had never heard of Blue Jean before, though. And is that in a business environment or more? Well, I absolutely uh, we no no. I, I've seen it in both. Like um, I've seen people do the what do they call these the um, virtual happy hours or virtual mi- whatever because you can have multiple people in a Zoom meeting and it's a free tool like for 45 up to 45 minutes um but at the university we have like it's unlimited because we have an account there but we have our zoom meetings as an office so let me ask you this um since the work from home thing started a few weeks ago i have a meeting where i check in with the office at 9 30 in the morning multiple times a week at least three times a week where it's a zoom meeting it's like your your equivalent of blue jeans where everybody's right. on it and it's a video presentation where we have to like show our faces and right. and and it's about you know I don't know they don't have an agenda it's literally for the idea of people um I don't know what communicating like having social interaction it's socializing okay now we actually talked about that today and again because I was usually the only one working from home <laughs> Nobody Everybody cared about you. Nobody cared about your social well-being. <laughs> Either that or I shot away from the social. I Hey, I was fine with not socializing as much. But I know that they all are um, when they're in the office, even when I do visit the office. Like, they're usually gathering around, talking to each other. And, yeah, that's just what they do in the office. So, as a matter of fact, they spoke about that earlier today, where one of the suggestions was Zoom. But like you said, for more of the social aspect so that they wouldn't lose that, I guess, you know, that special touch. Can, can um, I tell you something, Tanya? Everybody's at home. As a person so who doesn't do it. Be something that they consider. As a person. As a person who hasn't done, um, who is, who's like in the position that you are, because I work from home a lot in my job as well. And when I work from home, it'll, it'll be one offs and I'll be the only one at home or somebody like our job is kind of that way where certain people can work from home, like so-and-so is working from home today. And it's not a big thing. Right. We all kind of understand how to do it. But now that everyone is, it was a, it's a big thing, right? Um, it's going to be a culture shift because it feels, I'm just telling you from my perspective, it feels a lot more forced and it feels like, oh my God, what are we talking about? Like, why do, why are we sitting here looking at each other in the face? And the thing that kind of is weird to me, right. and I don't, and I don't know, I don't know how you're going to feel about this comment, but this is something that I've been feeling recently. I feel like it's a little intrusive to my, like, I feel like they're in my home. If that sounds, if that sounds a little weird, like if I'm accustomed to us, our interaction being at the job around the water cooler or whatever it is. And then once I leave there, I'm going back to my real life. And now we're doing that while I'm in my own domicile. It feels more like, Oh my God, why are y'all in my house? I don't know. What, what are your thoughts on that? <laughs> no, I totally agree. And actually, a lot of folks in my group agree with that today, too. When, <laughs> when a couple of people came up with more suggestions of how they could socialize, like they did mention having these meetings more often. And <laughs> actually, my director, she was like, um, yeah, no, I don't want to see me in my... <laughs> and this is my director speaking, but she she's good people and... We all get along really well. We can say anything to each other, which is what's great about our group. But 
Yes, she was the main one. Like, no, that won't be happening. You know, if we do, maybe it'll be once a week when, you know, we all know to put on our, you know, put on something decent. But she said, I don't want y'all to see me with my hair all over the place and, you know, whatever else she might be doing. So, yeah. But it's interesting. Um, Two, one of the other guys was so fine with it. <laughs> This is interesting how people can be really social, and there's no judgment here. He even suggested outside of, like, virtual, he still wants them to, because they usually go to lunch together, um, still meet up at a restaurant somewhere or a drive-thru and eat from their cars just to see each other. Did you did you, like, did you you tell him that he's doing a that? lot? <laughs> did you tell him that he's doing too much? Please, like, please tell him he's really doing too much. Please tell him he's doing to too much. Where what is really going on but again i'm not judging if that's what he feels you know maybe that speaks to the extrovert introvert thing maybe that he needs the energy from other people to feel maybe i i I guess so but it's yeah nobody else really commented on that (laughs) (laughs) you heard crickets on the phone when he said so who all would like to do this and it was like who's coming with me did he stand up like Jerry Maguire? All I want to know is who's right. coming with me. Nobody. <laughs> nobody. That would be nobody. Well, that's so, crazy. Again, that just shows you the levels of, you know, the different personalities. So we, um, you know, there's a, a statement that we talk about, like this meeting could have been an email. Um, how often do you have to go to actual meetings normally? Like, and just normally, how often would you have to, to show up to these blue jean meetings? Like weekly, bi-weekly, every day? No, definitely weekly. And that's one thing I would suggest for, for anybody who's just starting to work from home too. Um, being visible and, you know, making sure that people still know that you are available, uh-huh. you are there to help, you are still working. Um, you still need to make yourself known so definitely you know call in check in as often as you can what we do or what i do with my team i make sure that once a week and again i'm usually the one who's not there they see each other every day but i need to make sure that i check in and show my face to them at least once a week um Mm. and you know just get a little status update say how you doing get a little business taken care of so yeah like once a week i'll meet with my direct team or my direct reports. And then twice a week, um, there are other stand-up meetings, like with our entire department or <clears throat> with a small subset of our department. So uh, at least three to four times a week, I'm in a meeting. And that's just, you know, standing meetings. Of course, meetings can pop up from here, here to there, but I'd say the three to three to four standing meetings a week. Okay, that makes sense. But not all of them are video meetings. Um, not all. Okay. I mean, I, I know that... Them, at least two of them a week off. I know that we do a thing that, um, I don't know, I guess people are trying to get their footing, something in my job. They send an email out, uh, an email each morning saying, good morning, um, I'm working. And it becomes an email thread where it's like, I don't know, you know, somebody always has to be the person who's trying to clock in at seven at six forty one AM like I'm working. And it it like I was doing it and they had kinda asked us to do it. I kinda stopped doing it. Any day that we have a um like a 
uh, Zoom meeting at 9.30 in the morning, I'm not going to tell them, hello, I'm working at 8 o'clock. I'm just not. I'll, I'll see you at 9.30. But on the other days that we're not, then I'll tell them, hey, I'm up and I'm working. I just, so I don't wait, know. So wait, were y'all required to do that? Yeah, but you know, you know, um, yeah, I guess maybe I got to stop trying to buck the system. Yeah, we were required to say I'm working. But I mean, I mean, I feel like if I pop up at 9.30, then at that point, you know, I'm working. At Starting at that point, then like, you know, maybe I'm wrong. How long is your actual yeah, I mean, work day? It, it may just be your directors or, or somebody just trying to make sure that y'all are. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Doing what you're supposed to do. It's a bit of micromanagement, but I get it. So, but my question yeah. is, how long is your, um, how long is your actual work day? I still work an eight-hour day. Okay, but does it? Do you? Is there any flexibility in it? Are Are you really on the real time with everybody else who's in a different time zone as you? Well, that is part of it too. I do. Um, I do work East Coast time because most again my company is in Florida, so mm-hmm. um, I'm usually up at seven thirty, which is of course eight thirty Eastern time. Um, and I work until 4.30 usually, 4.30-ish, 5 o'clock, just depends on what projects I have going on. Okay. Um, yeah, but for the most part, so I work an eight-hour day. Okay, so that talks about and all of the... just like when you're in the office, no, you're not constantly working or constantly doing something. I mean, you know, even when you're in the office, you're taking breaks, you're, um, you're talking to your coworkers, you're, I don't know doing something different you're not always you're not constantly working for eight hours so i mean you said that there are there are breaks there so my questions are like in when you're having those breaks there what are you doing in regards to ensuring that um and i guess the first thing i'm gonna ask is diet like um like actually having you didn't say we were getting into diet diet as in food not diet as in a diet like how (laughs) are you making sure that you're eating lunch at the same times every day and all the rest of our breakfast or whatever that is yeah yeah and i don't know if i didn't mention that but yeah the schedule is the key like you know i log on at 7 30 um i'll check my emails you know make sure that um what, I don't have any projects outstanding. I look at my calendar, see if I have any meetings that day. And then usually by around 9, 30, 10 o'clock, I'm eating breakfast. Um, yeah, and I do catch a little bit of the view while I'm eating my breakfast. That's my little morning break. Um, go back to the computer, and then I really start my day, look at, you know, whatever projects I have to work on that day or any new things that are coming in. I do set my lunchtime usually... I'm not as strict with the lunchtime because, again, it just depends on what I'm working on that day. But usually between 1130, 12 o'clock, I'll try and take my break because, again, I try and coincide my time with East Coast time when they're usually breaking at around noon, 1230. Um, And I'm not as good because I do eat a healthy breakfast. I guess I don't eat as much lunch like it's just usually a quick lunch. And in the past, what I have done, and I'll be honest, I haven't been as consistent with it lately, but I'll usually go out for a jog or a walk during lunch. So okay. that's like my time just to get out and, you know, get some fresh air and get in a little exercise. So um, I was going to ask you about that working out component, because I know that in my normal nine to five or whatever it is, when I go into the office, 
I mean, I'm there for a certain time, and a lot of times at lunch I'll go and I'll go to the gym during lunch, or I'll right. right when I'm after like right after work I'll come home and get into my workout stuff and I'll hop on the elliptical after work. Um, do you yeah. feel like you have to make it a time to do that physical activity every day? Yeah, I think you should. I think you definitely should. I mean, and even like you said, when even if you I don't get out for lunch to do it, I'll definitely make a point to do it, regardless. At the end of the day, like that kind of is the sign of the end of my day. Like because you're working in the same environment, you know, during the day, you kind of want to separate out. Okay, work is over. I'm done. Mm -hmm. So I leave the house, and that's my signal that you know work is done. So I'll either take my dog Tazzy for a walk, or you know, I'll run a few errands. Or do something just to get out for an hour or two. You did say going by that my my work day is over. You did say to go take that jog. So I mean, I remember a few years back, and I mean, it's been a couple of years now, but I remember you did. You trained for a half marathon, and then you ran a half marathon out there in um in Dallas, which was seems oh, like a yes, yes. a dope yeah, accomplishment. I mean, how what was your time? You remember? Oh man, <laughs> ten <laughs> hours and forty five <laughs> minutes. <laughs> Fifty eleven hours. Look at look at my plaque again. I okay. don't recall. So I'm not gonna hold you to that. I, oh no, I think it was almost it's like maybe two hours and it was no nothing. My whole goal with that mar half marathon was just to complete it jogging. Mm. So and I did. So I think it was like maybe two hours and forty minutes or something. Um so did you do that more as a as a way to stay in shape, exercise, or was it more of a meeting new people thing? Because once again, this kind of goes back to this idea of working from home. I think a lot of people are freaking out about this idea of being in their house and can't go to the bar and can't go and can't go out to eat and can't go to the restaurant and and they're not seeing people and they can't meet anybody new. Was that more of a interaction, a social interaction thing or a physical fitness thing? Honestly, initially it was more of a physical fitness thing, but then it turned into a social interaction thing. Because, you know, I met a few people through there. It actually was a boot camp that I started. Mm -hmm. And from the boot camp, a group decided to try and, you know, they started doing a run club. And then from the run club, they decided to, hey, well, let's train for this half marathon. So um, that part was probably more of fitness, but it turned into more of a social thing. And that's what kept me going because I had met these people and, you know, they were cheering you on and you had that support. That's why I continued on with the half marathon. But after then, I can tell you, I stopped, like, yeah, I stopped going to the boot camp. And fooling with them that, people. The training, <laughs> all of that. And at some point, I said, well, you know, I need to get back into doing something I enjoy with jogging and kind of do the social, you know, and meet people. So there was this late night run, run club um, that people would advertise, which was actually really cool. Them late we night runs. get together at Oof. a certain time at night, though. Because, you know, during the day or the morning, you're not always a morning person or, you know, you don't have time during the day. So, like, at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night, we'd run, you know, meet up somewhere and, and do a, um, you know, a few miles run. Okay. So, that was more of a social thing. I mean, yeah, that, that sounds like a, um, a cool thing. It, it reminds me of like some of the night bike rides people do um, in and around the city. But a night run sounds like a cool thing as well. I mean... Like just that whole idea, I guess, like of um, do you find that you have enough of a friend circle that you don't really feel like you need to have like 
me meeting new people in that way. So it's like hey, kind of like that's not necessary. You know my, my motto is no new friends. Is that so your I motto? <laughs> that sounds like maybe it's Aubrey Graham's, but I'll let you have it if that's your motto. Uh, so you don't need no, a new friends. Actually, I do have an awesome group of friends already and no of course i always do welcome new friends acquaintances but for the most part yeah i feel like i'm i'm fine in my life where i am um i don't need to actually reach out to bring in new you know if it happens organically of course yeah Yeah. i'm open to it so on being on the best friend weekend podcast you do have a little bit of an audience i know you haven't necessarily thought about this but is there any other things that you do outside of work that you like want to promote or anything that you're like that's some passions that you want to get started it's not doesn't necessarily have to be something you want to promote but just something that you've thought about like that you want to do with that with other time that you have outside of the job um let me think nothing that i would really want to pr- promote right now but you know my new interest is definitely real estate investments mm-hmm. um so yeah that's something i've been looking into and actually talking to a few of my friends who've already been um, investing in, you know, rental properties or um, flipping homes and that type thing. So, I don't know. Yeah, you might be hearing from me in the in the near future with with some new business adventures in, in that arena. But You already own rental properties, though, correct? What's that? You already own rental properties, correct? I do own. I do own one. Okay. So, so, so there you go. Uh Children's steps. There you go. That's like baby, yeah, exactly. baby steps. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. Um, so like I said, I I do have another question that's um very pressing to me. Um, you said you're in Dallas and um your voice sounds a little kind of away. Um, why are you still traveling? I saw you was out of the country on social media um this week. Um, so why are you still going out of the country and traveling and dis and not listening to our president, Alan? Were we talking about this on this? <laughs> what? I, <asked laughs> I you, didn't think that I, that was part I of I asked this, you a question. So I sandbagged you with the question right now. <laughs> so the reason I asked this is because people talk, like, this is something I've considered. Like, this is, now, honestly, you didn't go out of town this week, but you were out of town, like, fairly recently. And my thing is, I was thinking about it. Like, if I had already paid to go on a trip and all of the things were already taken into account, would I go on that trip? What was the calculus you did when you ended up making that decision? <laughs> so I'll be honest, when this, well, yeah, the trip was planned like over the summer. And this was a big one because it was my, um, my sorority sisters and I, our 25 years in Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. Ooh. So was all that necessary. <laughs> <laughs> we had to celebrate. And um, yeah. It was already planned. And honestly, before we left, when was the date? It was March 11th, I believe. And if you think back, that was what, a little over... That was right after Best Friend Weekend, so it was right right when it was... Right before, right, right before the, the mass hysteria of all of this. I'm sure Trump and the government knew what was going on, but a lot of the public didn't really know how serious things were. And honestly, it didn't seem to get very serious until we were actually away. And that part was was pretty scary. Um, (laughs) We were in paradise. It was great while we were there. But, you know, talking to folks back home and... They should have quarantined y'all. They should have kept y'all over there. We we were actually kind of worried if we would make it back to the States. (laughs) (laughs) They should have made y'all stay in paradise and work. 
That's what they should have did. You could have worked from home in paradise. That's what you should have stayed and not brought the, the mean, corona back to Dallas. People were telling us that we may have wanted to just stay out there. So, <laughs> But yeah, we were let back into the country. So that was a plus. And honestly, I was surprised that there, you know, we went through customs in Miami. And I was very surprised that there weren't more stringent, you know, health checks or anything at that point. I had heard a few other airports maybe did have some backlogs because they were doing some health screenings, but nope, they just let us all in in Miami. Florida with, man. Um, <laughs> with nothing. And interestingly enough, the place that we actually visited, we went to Barbados before we uh, even were allowed to enter into the airport. They did check us. They, um, and it, mind you, it wasn't anything very stringent. They just checked our temperature. But at least you can, you know, they say, they could say they did something. Well, you know, Trump, he calls those shithole countries, but it looks like they were doing the things that they needed to do clearly, to keep themselves safe. They were doing what as they opposed to, to, to exactly as opposed to this place. Um, so when you came back, you flew back to Dallas. What's what's what's? I mean, I was just going to actually what's live about Dallas, but I don't really want to know because I know Dallas isn't live in my opinion. Um, but how is Dallas like the 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 pulse of the city? with the coronavirus how does it feel out there you know um initially i think there was a mad rush like and again i wasn't here at the time i guess i was thankful for that but i did hear you know a lot of the grocery stores of course were the shelves were empty and you know people were you know around just looking for toilet paper i don't understand i still don't get the toilet paper i, I don't understand but okay yeah, a lot of things on the shelves were empty, but I think for the most part now, a lot of people are adhering to the local, you know, Take and two. county stay-at-home orders. Mm-hmm. Um, the only thing, though, it, it's interesting, a lot of the, two of the bigger counties, Dallas and um, Denton counties, they do have strict guidelines where, you know, they're outlining that non-essential businesses should be temporarily closed and you know, they list the things that you should leave, you can leave your house for, but of course they're advocating you staying at home. But there's one county, Collin County, which is a neighboring one. Um, they're basically saying the same, but they're considering all businesses essential. And basically that means they all can stay open as long as they're following, you know, the social distancing, um, you know, those rules, the six feet away and no more than 10 people. And I don't know, that's kind of, that's interesting to me. That just goes to show how... Red State 101 is what that is, Tanya. Like, that well, is... that is. I'm not sure if it's just Red State or if it's the, what's business happening Business owners. The US. Like, no, I mean, like, I feel like that's more... of some people doing what yeah. we're supposed to do and then, you know, other counties or neighboring counties or areas, they aren't doing it. So. But my point is just, I think it's more... You heard that guy, the, the Texas senator or whatever he was, um, representative who went out there and said old people would would die so that the economy yeah uh, like that was actually our, our lieutenant government so, so there you go believe it or not like <laughs> yes so so get my point like th- a lot of people are looking at this as an econ an economic thing and if i want to be reelected Absolutely. or whatever like Absolutely. the economy needs to and stay you know together that's exactly what the collin county guy the, so, the commissioner said there basically, you go he said that he had a lot of citizens worried about their economic health which mm-hmm. again i understand and i can feel for the people i, I actually have a couple of friends I know have, who have been impacted and who are impacted, they've, you know, they're put on furlough or they've lost their jobs for now. So I get that, you know, that sense of it. 
but I don't know, I guess it's a catch 22. We can have economic health or we can have our personal health and survival. So, and when I, they say health is wealth, they don't mean economic health. That is not what anyone means. No one means that. So, no, I mean, definitely. It means your personal health. So I just think it's, it's counterproductive and a lot of places are going to do it. And I mean, we both live in Texas, whether I, I say red state or whatever, but we both live in Texas. You live in Dallas. I live in Houston. We live in big um, urban, like sprawling urban centers of the state of Texas, um, liberal hubs where people are like really kind of have that belief in kind of you know, strong government. And then once it, once you kind of start petering out into the smaller counties in and around, it's going to be a lot more of that. It's going to be a lot more of that, um, um, small business, Joe, the plumber shit, where it's like, we need to keep these people open to to do it. And I feel for the business owners. I do. That's what I was about to say. I'm not downplaying Joe, the plumber or anybody else getting their hustle on or or trying to keep their business afloat. You got to diversify though. At this point, this is a, this is an unprecedented time. Have you ever, you're a little, you're, you're my older sister. Obviously you've lived longer than me. Have, have you ever, have you ever saw or remember a time in your life that's more like crazy and uncertain as it is right now? No, not at all. Like, and I think I've been hearing that from just about everyone of every age, even our parents are saying like they can't remember a time where it it seemed, you know, this serious where people are actually asked to stay home. Yeah. Now, of course, the closest I can think of would maybe be 9-11, but, you know, that doesn't even come close to this. Yeah, because it was really centralized. As to, and, I as mean, to yeah, the response. Exactly. but I, it was centralized. But yeah, I guess everybody was a little on edge because we didn't know where they might attack next part. So I get that right. part like that right. anywhere it could happen. Like Katrina and things of that nature happened, but we knew it wasn't going to be like, oh, shit, Katrina might happen in Wyoming. Like, exactly. People weren't scared in that way. Like so it I, could ha- happen to anybody. And it is. It can. And it is happening to any and everybody of all walks of life. Especially us young people, right? Us young people. Us young people. Princes, like, <laughs> whatever. Here that's, we go. Well, that's, yeah, that's our hey, inside joke. I, I <laughs> consider myself young at yes. Young people are 19 and 20 years old. We are in our, we are above 35. We are not young people. <laughs> but we'll just let that um, happen. You, you can speak for yourself. Okay, we're not old people. Put it that way. Um, so now I'm not about to let you get off of here. Um, I know everybody trying to steal your work from home swag, so I wanted to make sure that you you were able to help um, some okay. individuals who have that. But I'm definitely, uh, of course, I tell everybody, welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna let you off of here without um, having some big sister talk. Just talk about we talked about your new home um, in Dallas, but let's talk about our home growing up just a little bit. Um, some big sister moments that stick out to me that I just want to say thank you for. One is, you know, let me take your car in New Orleans a lot. Um, when I was in college, I was I was very thankful for that, um, especially when I didn't have a car like my freshman and sophomore year. Uh, that was really clutch. Um, I used to have a, a whole bunch of goons in the whip and we used to do wild stuff. However, it wait, never... Wait, what car is this and when? The, the Mazda, the MX-3. Ah... It was a stick, okay. and I remember I like I used to take that Mazda. Yeah, a lot of times. Um, I it was tough to it was it was a standard, so it wasn't like because I didn't take your Passat like that. I took your Passat from Tallahassee. Yeah, I do remember. I do to Atlanta. Yes, I'll let you use my brand new Passat. Yeah, that was that was a fun to weekend. Cross state lines. <laughs> oh man, it we went down. We drove to Atlanta. 
I parked your car. I hopped in the whip with Jay. We went down Peachtree. We went back. Girls, parties, hanging out. Because we was running from Rita. That was after Katrina. It was like Katrina had happened. And then Rita was about to happen. And I was like, I'm not about to stick around for this. So we came to Tallahassee for Rita. I definitely remember. It was a super long drive. Um, right. And then as soon as I got there, I was like, let me take your car and go to in Atlanta. I got some... Uh, so I got some people what to check I on. Thinking? I got some people to check. <laughs> I was like 22. I was still a young people. <laughs> like, well, that's. I'm trying to think. What was I thinking at the time? Well, it leads me to believe that Tallahassee was just as boring as what you said it was. You had nothing going on there where you needed a car. You was like, sure. Take. take well, maybe I had a drink or two before. Who knows what was going on? Go ahead. Take my car. Go to go to Tallahassee. Maybe maybe I asked my parents and they said no. I don't remember. But that was clutch though. One time for the one time. Um, mm-hmm. uh, a little before that, we're gonna go back a little bit. Uh, my Sigma probate. I thought that was dope. Um, when you guys came, that's a picture that we always have sitting there. Now my question is, I remember as a youngster coming to your crib at um in Lafayette and you had a Q dog shirt and it was in like a box or something. And I remember putting it on and I remember you, and I remember you being like, take that off. You can't wear a Q dog shirt because whatever, whatever the case is. And you know, in retrospect, stop telling them niggas to, um, how to to be leaving their shirts all around your house. That's for one. That's what I'm saying. Why are you telling my business? But for two, that's in the, that's in the ancient past. But for two, when I said, hey, Tanya, guess what? I'm going to be a Sigma. What was your thought? Were you like, oh, my God, Sigmas are lame. What was your thought? Because I know how Deltas <laughs> feel about us in real life. I know how y'all be doing it. So No, you see, you don't know, clearly. <laughs> <laughs> so explain. Because actually, at well, and I'm going to tell my age, at USL or UL. <laughs> USL. <laughs> The bulldog. The, the Sigmas at USL at the time that I pledged or the time when I was around were actually super cool and really, they were really nice and really cool dudes. Like a lot of my sorority sisters dated them and they were always around to give us a hand and whatever. So we didn't look at them as lame at all. Mm. So no, when you said that you wanted to be a Sigma, I thought of those, those guys. I knew they were good people. And hey, I was cool with it. Now you're right. If you would ask Linnell that, she would say, "Yeah, well, why would he want to join something so lame?" <laughs> or anybody else, they might. But shout out to Go Mob. At hey, USL back, back at in the USL, day, exactly. All my sickness. One time, one time for the one time. Uh, DJ Chill, the fake Sigma, and all of them, and all the rest. <laughs> No, but I be, I definitely remember that as being a thing because, and I'm I'm trying to juxtapose the two things because I was figuring, you know, I've heard that from um from our substantial Delta family that you know certain things, and you know I go to even family reunions. Some of our cousins are um cues, and they they talk about that link. I just never felt that that affinity towards Omega sci-fi as I did to like Delta because of you know you guys and my aunt and stuff like there was no cues around and when i did the calculus it was more sigmas around that i knew like as far as kind of like even family members and mentors in school and at xavier and different things of that nature and it was like nah i think sigmas have kind of played a bigger role in and you know kind of my upbringing at that time in that regard than um cues i could i didn't even have any cues that i knew so it became a 
you know, it's a thing. So one time for the one time, you know, I appreciate y'all guys coming through for that. That was a um, that was a big night, man. Yeah, that was a fun night. We were excited to see that. I was surprised, but okay. <laughs> oh, okay. So this was a question with, I was going to ask mic, this. One mic performing by itself. That's the point that surprised me. So, so that was going to be a question. Is that when you um, I don't know. Was it then? That you knew I was live? Or was it before that? Or was it when I was a rapper? Like, when did you really be like, my little brother is actually cool and people think he's cool outside of me? I mean, are you? (laughs) 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 I think I'm confused as to when that There she (laughs) goes. Come to Best Friend Weekend, you'll see. (laughs) I've I've always thought you were cool. Now you have your quirks, of course, but we won't get into that. That is not a right that is now. not a real answer, though, Tanya. I don't think that's a real answer. You said you've always thought I cool. You're, you when you're when you are a um, whatever, seven, looking at your nine year old brother, you don't think he's a cool little nine year old. When you're looking at a, your fourteen year old brother, you're not like, oh, he's cool. There was probably a moment. There was a moment somewhere where you were like, oh no, he's actually cool. Like pe- like other people think he's cool. That's in his demographic. Um, why, I'll let you think you on it. No, I'll let you think on it. I mean, because you, this is, this is like, we having a cathartic moment right here. This is family. We give, I'm giving you virtual hugs. You feel me? And you're not even, you're not reciprocating right now. You're pushing yeah, me back. You, you, you're you pushing me away. You to start to think about I don't know. I'm going to back up a little bit. So was it that moment? Or was it, I was watching All American on Netflix the other day. And they had this scene where the girl did her cotillion. And it made me think back to my botillion. And I'm like, you know. I don't think I was cool yet, yet then, so I'm not even going to... I mean, I remember you guys there. I just don't remember being cool yet at that. Um, in that regard. Honestly, I guess I started thinking... Yes, of course, I was proud of you when you played Sigma, and I probably did think a little bit more of you at that point. Like, okay, he might be, you know, he might go... He might turn out okay. Um, <laughs> no, I was really proud of you, I think, as a teacher like and I know it sounds small or you know it may not sound like a lot but the fact that I was always proud to tell people that you were a young male well of course you have to be educated to be an educator but that you could have done so many other things with your computer engineering degree and you know gone off into you know corporate America or done so many other things and I'm saying big things but that's all relative but the fact that you chose to, you know, go and teach our youth, you know, mathematics, algebra, those things, and still mentor them, be there for them, I thought that was very, yeah. That's when I was like, okay, that's a good little dude. So that speaks to, I mean, it's honestly, it's it's interesting because it speaks to a little bit of our age difference in that what you thought was cool would never be what I thought was cool at the same time. Until like a time like that, that makes a bunch of sense when you say it that way. Like at the at the age you were and the age I was when I was teaching, that was probably something you that you're like, yeah, you like didn't I, think it was I didn't cool think it was like the coolest thing on earth right. to be a, a school teacher. But I can think right. if a person in their thirties, if I'm in my thirties and I got like a little cousin or whatever who's like in their early twenties and they're teaching, I'd probably be like, oh, that's dope. Like look at them being a mentor to some kids. Like I would think that about right. about them right. at that point. So that makes a lot of sense now that you say it. Um, I do want you to apologize for one thing. You used to when we would be driving home, go. the music would be playing in the car, and it, would, <laughs> and it would be, and it would be, and it would be LL Cool J, and you would make me run in the house, 
and turn it on um, BET or MTV because you was like, the video going to be on because the song is on the radio. And it never was. And then we would have to watch videos. So I need you to apologize for that because I don't feel like... I don't that feel like I that was. Not do. I thought you were going to, you know, me making y'all listen to certain types of music, but hey. Well, that too. It's just a matter of you running into. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what my music tastes were. Running to watch videos, it could have been much worse. I don't know what my music tastes were at a young age. I really have no clue. That's a um, that's something you would know more than me. Like what I was, what I was trying to hear, well, I, but. I didn't care what you were trying to hear. <laughs> like if you got in the car with me, or if you were around me. You were listening to gangster rap probably at the time or you know yeah unfortunately i probably had y'all listening to things y'all should not have listened to the j the but i the I m like to the think i i shaped i shaped a little bit of your your musical inclination i mean and, and that's probably and that's probably a thing man look so the, this one other question and i think that this is an interesting question that i'm having like i mean i talk about people having old parents people having young parents and people having regular age parents. And I think that is funny that I think Kristen and me both had very, had regular age parents and you had young parents. I think that that's a very different, like different thing. Like it's a different relationship that you had um, with our parents growing up. I don't know. I think that that's just something that I'm never going to know about having young parents. What do you think is the difference between having young parents and having like, Older parents are just regular age parents. What do you know about our parents that I don't know? And I don't mean that in a, in a really weird way. I mean it more in a way of like, how, what do you think you see about them that's very different because they were, you know, younger when you was running around, when they used to just kind of have you in a car with no seatbelt and shit like that? Well, I mean, I do think about those different things, how things were so much more carefree, I guess, back then. Mm-hmm. They didn't worry about as much, but at the same time, I still think like as I got older and you guys came along, but again, that probably goes to them. They were, you know, they were getting older and a little wiser. Um, I did notice the difference of how you guys were. You may think that, okay, they were stricter on you, but they weren't. Like, I think I got more of the, you know, I had curfews, I had... You know, when my friends could go out and do certain things, I couldn't do it. And I saw where they were a lot more lax with you guys. Well, I think, so, I don't think I'm the best example because of, I'm a guy. You know, I think they let me do more stuff because I was the youngest no, and I was a guy. That even went for Kristen, too. Mm. That went for both of y'all. Okay. Look all of y'all. You, you're going to sit there and you're going to harbor that. <laughs> you got to go to private school till you was in 10th well, grade. No. And I did not want to. <laughs> I can look back and appreciate it now. But hey. They sent me to the wolves when I was 11 years old. Go to go play with the street cheering. But no. You... <laughs> no, I probably was more of the experiment child. So, yeah. They, they got a few more things right with y'all, probably. Yeah, I mean, as evidenced by. But they didn't do bad with you, Tyron. I feel like you're, um, you were great. You know, Definitely a great role model in everything of the sort. Oh, 
But yeah, I, I mean, disagree. <laughs> I told you 45 minutes is it's creeping up close to the hour. So I just want to look once again, I know you got stuff to do. You're probably on the clock right now working from home with your um, co- one computer open right now and then recording this podcast with the other because I know I sure am. Um, so I got, I'm going to have to text these people and say done work after I'm finished this. But nah, um, I, pre- <laughs> I appreciate you um, spending some time with us and, and all of that good stuff. Um you know, and um, hopefully we'll do this again. I definitely want to do it again. Yeah, this was fun. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. But like always, you know, until next time, you guys have a great weekend. You know, they Make it a best friend weekend. Every though, even though every day feels like the weekend because we don't know what day it is, and we might be the weekend. Nothing nice to say, but I'll go nice. I ain't got nothing, nothing, I ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing nice to say, I ain't got nothing nice to say, oh, I ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing, I ain't got nothing nice to say, I ain't got nothing nice to say, oh, so I won't say nothing at all, I ain't nothing nice, you hear me?